Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Welcome to day 255 of our three-year journey through God's Word as we look at Colossians chapter 4 today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this portion of your word that you bring us to today and for this journey that we've been on. We thank you so much for how you've been teaching us and writing your word on our hearts and growing us. We pray that you would grow us today through Colossians 4. Be our teacher and our guide, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea, and say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that I have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Well, that's Colossians 4. It's the short chapter to end a short book. I want to look back at the beginning of chapter 3, because that was really the turning point Paul, so often in his letters, has a, a doctrinal section at the beginning where he's declaring truth, you know, propositional truth, gospel truth, accomplished truth. And then the second half of the letter is the application, the therefore, the now what, the so what, right? And so we have the truth of Colossians 1 and 2 about the sufficiency of Christ and his supremacy in all things. And then now the so what? How do we live? What do we do in response to this? And the opening verses of the second half, so this would be in Ephesians 4, in Romans 12, in Colossians 3, this is the, the, the overarching statement, the opening verses for that whole last half of the letter, second half of the letter. So here, the so what or the now what 
in Colossians, the application is that if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So in Romans, it's be a living sacrifice, right? In Ephesians, it's walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you received. And here it is, set your mind on things above. Have a Christ-centered, uh, heavenly-focused, not earthly-minded outlook and mindset. And so, what does that look like? Well, he was in the middle of giving us the household codes. So the chapter 4 break is really kind of awkward. It either should have been before the household codes or after, I think. We get the same thing in the transition from Ephesians 4 to 5. You know, the chapter divisions were added years and years later. It's not an original part of the text. But um, So you have, if masters are thinking heavenly, how are they going to treat their slaves? Well, they're going to treat them justly and fairly because they know they have a master in heaven because their mind is set on things above. So they're going to remember, oh, I have a master in heaven, so I'm going to treat my slaves fairly. Well, what about the rest of us? You know, most of us aren't slaveholders or even bosses necessarily at work. Although if you are a boss at work, you can apply that. How do you treat your employees? How do you treat people who work for you? Maybe for us, it should be when we go to the grocery store and someone's checking us out or we're going, you know, to order something and we're dealing with a customer service agent. How do we treat them? Treat them justly and fairly, knowing that we too have a master in heaven. But for all of us, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So we should be praying because we know our help and our hope, our Savior and our Lord is in heaven. So we should be continuing steadfastly in prayer. As we go through the day, every day, throughout the day, we should be turning to the Lord regularly in prayer, watchful with thanksgiving. And we should specifically pray for the ministry of the gospel to go forth. And for those who are carrying forth the gospel, missionaries, evangelists, pastors, that they would have an open door for the word, that the mystery of Christ, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would go forward. We should walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Those who are in the world, those who are not in Christ, we should walk in wisdom toward them, and we should let our speech be gracious, seasoned with salt. That means we should speak words that are gracious, that might make the person who hears thirsty for Jesus in the living water, that we should be able to answer someone with a word of truth spoken in due season, spoken in love, and spoken with wisdom. And then the end of this letter shows us something that should be true of us. And that is the church is connected and is serving one another. So we have Tychicus, a faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord. We have Onesimus. This is actually the runaway slave who's the subject of the letter in Philemon. They're bringing a report. They should be welcomed. There should be a connection to say, oh, people who are sent and people who are received, we should be in it together. We should be supporting one another. The idea of a church just being isolated individual congregations that don't have a real and vital connection to one another is not, not the picture that we get from the New Testament. There are congregations, but it's not a congregationalist type church where each 
individual congregation is an isolated entity. Here Paul's writing to one and he's sending them people. He's been receiving people from them. He's going to send other people along. People are sending their greetings, receiving their greetings. Within the body of Christ, we belong to each other. We should care for each other beyond the bounds of just our own, our own congregation. So the very practical way that we should be living as Christians is as those who don't think with a merely earthly mindset. We should think with a heavenly mindset. And that means we treat others justly. We pray. We pray for the advance of the gospel in particular. We, we walk in wisdom toward unbelievers, trying to have gracious, salty speech. Not salty speech like, you know, we, we use that colloquialism in English today, like someone who curses a lot for salty speech. No, not that. Speech that makes people thirsty for Jesus. And then be connected and committed to one another. You should be supporting missionaries, praying for them, looking forward to hearing reports from them, trying to be a blessing and encourage them, maybe refer them on to other churches so they can be more connected because that's what it looks like to live as basically embassy outposts of the, the kingdom in heaven because that's where our mindset is, right? That's how we should be living our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for making us part of your heavenly kingdom, for giving us a place. You've seated us with Christ in the heavenly places, Ephesians 2 tells us. We are in Christ. He is our Lord. He is seated at your right hand. We are not mere earthly people. So keep us from thinking in a mere earthly way. Help us to think in a way that is heavenly minded, that is Christ centered, that is kingdom minded. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for Colossians chapter 4. We are going to be jumping back to Deuteronomy tomorrow. Deuteronomy chapter 11 is on tap. Hope you can join us for that. And as always, have a blessed day in the Lord.